this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Bill Ellis. Bill is a brand architect and host of What's the Point podcast. I was on one of those episodes, just saying. He helps <laughs> leaders clarify and course correct their evolving success journey. Hello, Bill. Hi, Mish. Thanks for having me. I like success journey. Let's have more success journeys. Yeah, I think we should. And and I find that that begins with answering the question, what's the point? What's what's the point? What, people need to define success for themselves. Right. And I spent a lot of years defining success by someone else's standards and not getting very fulfilled. Yeah. And... Uh, had some clarification, some brought to my attention, uh, some self-made, and realized that I didn't have the right purpose. I didn't know what the purpose was. I love, I love this kind of a conversation so much because I have been saying this like to my daughter as an example. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, she's the day that she's with, she's with a person right now that that they're looking good for on their way to marriage possibly, right? Okay. And you know, and I told her I said do this me this favor and you this favor. You two decide what this relationship should look mm-hmm. like. Don't let society and everybody else tell you anything. Like you define it because it's your relationship, it's your personal, you know, what have you. And I think it's the same with um with anything you do and the thing I've struggled with over the years is I'm pretty much like, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I felt like people were like, you should be doing it this way. You should dress this way. Mm -hmm. You should act this way. And I think it has kind of worked against me at times, right? You know, because people are like, oh, there's cute little Mish. And is she really smart and do marketing really well? I'm like, well, no, I'm really smart. I'm very good at what I do. And she does marketing really well. And I do marketing really well. But you can't take the cute little Mish thing And that doesn't define what I do business-wise. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things you just said is one of my pet peeves, uh, and that is using the word should instead of using the word could. Right. So you should do this. Well, that to me is more negative and more guilt-ridden and more why haven't you, whereas you could do this to me speaks to optimism and what are the chances uh, that this will bring something better. And if I'm looking back at the mistakes, and I have a lot of mistakes to look back on, Well, that's how we learn. I look back at it and say, what could I have done differently? Mm -hmm. If I say, what should I have done, then that doesn't help me. So it's more of a positive outlook saying could. So when someone comes to you, are you helping them, one, to define what they really want because sometimes people don't know? And then are you also helping them to, you know, with the confidence to be exactly what you want to be? Yes, to both of those. Um, My focus is on helping to unlock the fearless potential of others. Uh, And and I do that based on my own experience, uh, having gotten much more clear of my own potential. And I do that on a professional basis. I do that on a personal basis. I do that with family, just like you have made suggestions to your uh, daughter. I I make suggestions to my son, who's a a terrific, fine man. Uh, But one thing I know is that we can always all get better. And and he's very open to hearing suggestions, and he'll take them in and make them his own. That's Mm -hmm. one of the things I love about him is he makes life his own, much like you. 
he doesn't, he's not driven by other people's norms or standards, although he's aware of them. Uh, he, he is his own man, which right. is fabulous. Right. It's kind of fun to live that way. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, you know, it's like, it's like when I started losing my hair from alopecia, which by the way, that was awesome. You, you, you addressed that right up front in the podcast. Cause I forget to tell people yeah. that and you know, people are like, what's going on. So that was awesome. Thank you. Um, but you know, I had to go through a whole thing of, oh, you know, oh, I'm a woman without hair. That's not cool. You know, you got to have hair. Hair is a whole thing. People spend <laughs> lots of money on hair and all the woo-woo, you know. And then I had a wig for a while, and I was doing all that. And at one point, I was like, this is exhausting. I don't want to. I just want to. This is who I am. This is what it is. Yeah. I'll find really cool stuff to put on my head to yeah. match all my outfits. <laughs> and that's what I'm doing. And I, I, I think that there is... Um, from the outsider looking in, that's like confidence. Because I've had other uh -huh. bald women come to me and say, how are you so confident with this? Yeah. I'm like, cause it's because I've decided, if you don't like me or you think I'm whatever because I don't have hair, there's something wrong with you, not me. Well, people that want to get some more insight into confidence can go back to one of your recent episodes um, with the woman who wrote the book, Confident Like a Peacock. Yeah, right, right, right. Shannon Norman, That was a yes. fun one. That was a fun one. But yeah, confidence comes with being comfortable with ourselves. And that's the whole purpose of my starting with the question, what's the point? Because that's a question that can't be asked often enough. You know, what's the point? Well, I want to be a success. Well, what's the point? How do you define success? Well, I want to make a lot of money. Fine. What's the point? What do you want to do with the money? Mm -hmm. you know, money is money is very simply an uh, uh, echo of value. So mm -hmm. what value are you bringing? And that's right. where I try to focus people. What's your value? What are you bringing? And if you want to make money, then maximize your value. It's the whole go-giver philosophy, uh, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And and that's where a lot of people miss the boat. They they don't they don't take the time to ask what's the point, or as a dear friend of mine always says, to to ask themselves what's the thing behind the thing. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you don't. Sometimes you're just like getting up and you're just going through the mm -hmm. day, and you're not really sitting with what is at the core of this. What do I really mm -hmm. really want? You know, yeah. I mean, think about this happens to people all the time, right? They're like, oh, I must have a Porsche. I have, to, if I get a Porsche, my life is so great, you know? And then they get the Porsche, and after about a year, they're like, oh, hmm, yeah, you know, you know, this isn't so great anymore, you know? Yeah, you know, they're saying that uh, money can't buy happiness, but it sure helps. Uh, I agree with that. Having, oh, yeah. having money certainly helps uh, have a more comfortable life well, and, yeah. and attain some of the things, but it's not the money that matters. It's what we do with it and how we get that money. So you you mentioned earlier the my, my phrase about the success journey uh there you know a lot of times we talk about climbing the ladder of success and and i've kind of boiled it down to where there's three ladders there's the ladder that someone has climbed and is almost at the top or at the very top and they're an executive or they're a business owner and this is in the context of business and they get to the point where then they start wondering and this is where i do a lot of my work with people at that level where they start wondering what their legacy can be, wondering how they can mm -hmm. do more than be success by the traditional standards. How can they add back to the world? There are people that are halfway up the ladder and they want to know, how can I accelerate this journey? What can I do to improve myself? How can I get rid of some of my blocks? Uh, and then there are people, and this was me, there are people that are on the ladder leaning against the wrong building. Ah. Oh. 
and I climbed that ladder as long as I could, then I realized this is the wrong building. And I had some help being <laughs> having that pointed out to me that this isn't your building. Uh, so those are kind of the, that's kind of the analogy that keeps me going to to help people and and to show them what their potential is uh, wherever they are. Whether you, are you on the ladder? Are you on the right ladder? Are you against the right building? Mm-hmm. And what do you want to accomplish? What have you accomplished? And what do you? How do you want to evolve? And I also talk about legacy because I don't think that's something a lot of people think about. Until they, they, you know, they're they're much older. If and if you start it younger, thinking about what am I leaving behind, then you get to really play with it and form it. I agree. It's difficult for a lot of people to think legacy when we are hard charging, when we're young, and we want to have that success, however we define it or however it's defined for us. And that's where our focus is. We want to we want to get married. We want to have family. We want to get a position. We want to make money. We want to get the Porsche. Not me, but some people do. <laughs> um, and and so we don't really think about what we leave behind. Uh, but legacy can be any can be left in any number of ways. Mm-hmm. To me, the greatest legacy I feel I have is my son, and he's my only child. I love him dearly. He in turn is the father of twin uh, girls. They're just turned twelve. They are oh, fabulous. Fun. They are absolutely incredible, smart, bright, funny, entertaining. And so that's a little bit of me passed along to my son and a lot of him passed on to his kids. And so there's legacy of that form. There's also legacy of trying to impact the world in a positive way. Right. And that's where sometimes it takes us a while to change perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, you're officially talking to an old guy because I, I just, I'm, I'm now starting, I'm at the second or third day of my eighth decade. Oh, uh, so, go so, Bill. So I like it. So I've got a little experience here. Uh, but we start, we evolve, we get more insight, and we start to see things differently, I feel. And we, the more we get comfortable with ourselves, I find, and the more we're able to answer the question, what's the point, to our own satisfaction, that allows us to say, what could we do? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm kind of comfortable where I am. What could I do that helps others? Yes. So that's why I do, uh, you know, I, I said helping people to discover their and reach their full potential, I do that professionally. I do that in the community. Uh, I'm in long-term recovery. I do that a lot in, in uh, the recovery program that, that I'm involved in and helping people grow, evolve, and, and realize what their potential is and strive to meet it. And again, I mentioned family. So that's how I see legacy. But legacy can be any number of ways. You know, Mish, it, it, it can be, you know, I feel legacy is leaving my podcast. I feel legacy is yep. you leaving your podcast, right. Mishmash, where people, you know, I, I do my podcast very simply because I want people to understand stories of, of others who have uh, answered the question, what's the point, and are living that. And that's right. why you are a guest. Right. Because you are so confident and you do that oh, so well. Oh, uh, thank you. And that's why I do that. So I think that's a legacy. Well, so now we have to ask, what's your secret? Because you look really awesome for your age. I know people tell you that. So what do you do? What's this? What, what, you know, because people are always want to know, like, how, how can I look awesome as I get older? Well, I can tell you that it starts with genes. I had a very good looking set of parents. Um, so thank, thank you, mom and dad. Thanks, mom and dad. Uh, up there. <laughs> uh, but it all, it takes a lot of dedication and commitment. Mm-hmm. Um in the last two years, I've lost over 60 pounds. 
Really? And that's through consistency. I, I, I track my calories. Okay. And, and very simply, I use an app called MyFitnessPal. And, and my wife helps me. She laughs, but we'll have dinner and she'll cook and she'll say, okay, you have 10 grams of this and three ounces of that. And, but, but I've got a daily routine on that. And then the other thing that I've gotten very consistent with is, is exercising mm -hmm. with guided exercise. You know, for a lot of years, I did just what people would call a bodybuilder routine where it's just right. lifting weights, you know, right. like the old John Wayne. Uh, 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 <laughs> you know. uh, but I've started working with a fabulous trainer, uh, Kevin, who, has taken a more holistic approach to work on things like balance, to work on core strength, to work on the the, the physical part that's really going to help me be stronger longer. Yes. And then I do a lot of walking, in particular with my wife. We love to walk Queenie Park. It's about a four-mile walk. It's oh, beautiful. Nice. Um, we love the deer and, and the squirrel and the occasional turkey and being all out the in other. nature. Being out there, that's it's great. a part and the of clouds, it. yeah, it's fabulous. You know, it is so important. And um, I, because I, I used to work out on my own, and now I have a trainer that develop. You know, like puts together. My, mm -hmm. I still work out at home because I'm much more of a get up and get it done person than drive to a gym. But he, <laughs> but he. So this is out at fuel. The, the people at Fuel will design a program for you at home. Now, you can go in there and work out, too, which is way fun. I've done mm -hmm. it before. Um, I wish I could just beam myself there and not drive. That would Then I'd probably be there mm -hmm. every morning. Um, but, you know, they're, they, just, they're, they just know what you need to do to take mm -hmm. it up to that next level, as well as if you have something that's hurting, how can I still work out even though my shoulder is this or my hip is that or what have you? They're really amazing at it. So I've, I agree. Find a professional. Yeah, I've heard of Fuel. I've, I've not been there, but I've heard several people talk about them and, and how very uh, effective they are in their routines, whether it's, again, something where you work out on your own. I, I'm more motivated by going to a gym and having people there. Yeah. And having that atmosphere. My wife, on the other hand, is one like you. She wants to work out at home. She has a trainer, but she works out at home uh, for any number of reasons. So it, it doesn't matter how we do it. It's a matter of asking ourselves, is it worth the effort to feel better, look better, be healthier, and live longer by doing whatever it is to best take care of ourselves physically? Yeah, you only get one body. Take care of it. That's right. Right? All right. So tell everybody where they can find out more about you. They can find out more about me um, on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on brandingforresults.com and for brandingpillars.com. And wherever you get podcasts, feel free to listen in to What's the Point. And then let's talk about book. Uh, I published a book several years ago. It's called Women Who Won. Uh, it is a collection of stories about women uh, none of whom, very few of whom I've met, but people that really intrigued me with their success and how they lived and how they found their purpose. So years ago, prior to podcasting, I wrote a, a blog virtually every Friday for six years called Friday's Fearless Brand. Oh, wow. That's dedication. It, yeah. It, it was, I had a, I had a good coach um, and, and editor. Uh, and, and, and I'll be honest, it's my wife. She's, she's my greatest cheerleader ever. And um, she held me accountable. And, and we had a routine that worked really well. I still got a little tired of writing. However, you know, so in, in however many that is, two, 250 plus blogs, uh, at one point I was asked to give a presentation specifically to women in banking 
And through that whole process of saying, how do I customize this to women, which I, for the most part, don't feel I can because branding is branding. But I said, well, there's my book. So I pulled together uh, 28 or 30 of my favorite blogs focused on women and pulled that together. Oh, nice. And dedicated that to my mother and to my twin granddaughters. Oh, what are the twin granddaughters' names? Uh, AJ and Audrey. And our mutual friend, who we both love dearly, Karen Libby, years ago, dubbed them the A-Team. So everyone knows them as the A-Team. That's so cute. Karen. She's amazing. I got to catch up with that woman. Karen, if you're out there, I miss you. Okay. (laughs) All right. I've got some fun questions for you. Are you ready? Um, As ready as I can be. Okay. So... This, you can't use Mish on this one, but I want you to share with us an aha moment from one of your podcast guests, something they said that you like still talk about today. I have had a lot of aha moments, and that describes exactly what I hope to accomplish with the podcast in general. So maybe one of the biggest aha moments was a gentleman that I found out about from Louisiana, which is my home through my brother who sent me uh, a a newspaper article, television, whatever. Um, His name is uh, now Dr. Russell Mm Lede. He was the son of a single mother, uh, two jobs, no money, welfare, uh, literally digging in dumpsters to find something to eat at times. He went into the military. He's a Navy veteran now. He's gotten an MBA. He has... He became, got out of the military, became a security guard at a hospital and thought, boy, I'd love to become a doctor. I wonder what that's about. And he asked several doctors, can I come in and see you operate? And they said, no, 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 I have a security guard. One visiting doctor who he met at the VIP parking and walked with him to show him where the operating room was, he said, could I watch you? And he said, sure, that'd be fabulous. So now... He is Dr. Russell Aday. He's finishing his resi- residency at Indiana University. And he he shows that poor, welfare, single-parent black man can do anything that he wanted to. Yeah, it's and, that And he attitude. continues to do more. Yeah. And I'll give you one more quick thing if we have a second. Absolutely, we have time. This was all in Baton Rouge where he started. Okay. Uh, He took a friend of his who was in from out of town and his uh, daughter to the Whitney Plantation to see the plantation, and they saw the slave quarters where the enslaved people were housed. And driving home, his daughter asked about that and said, what was that all about? And and he had the idea, uh, Russ did, that I'm going to take all of the black people I know in medicine, and 15 of them went back in their white coats and had a picture taken in front of the slave quarter to show this is where it was in the 1800s. This is where it is in the 2000s. 15 of us are becoming doctors and medical professionals. And he started an organization called 15 White Coats. Oh, cool. And they raise money to help uh, primarily uh, black children that can't afford the entry fees to take the medicine, the medical uh, entrance exam. Because it's so expensive. So he, he's opening the door for countless people. That is awesome. Wow. I love it. And that's it. just one of... You know, 78 now, 79 when yours ears. Which, by the way, if you want to check out what's the point, <laughs> Mish will be my, my guest. I think it's uh, a week from— uh, Coming I think up. I think Coming it's going to be October 6th or 7th, somewhere in that range. Anyway. All right. Awesome. Very cool. I love that story. 
He's an amazing man. Yeah, no kidding. And are you from Baton, Baton Rouge? Is that how I no, would say I, it, uh, the cool way? Well, yeah, that's the way some would say it, yeah. So my heritage is Louisiana. My father was born and raised in New Orleans. My mother was born and raised in down in the swamp country. Uh, the big city for her was Franklin, Louisiana. Okay. Uh, my father was in the military, so we moved all over. When he retired back home to New Orleans, that's the first place I lived long enough to call home. Gotcha. But my entire upbringing had the Louisiana influence, red beans and rice every Monday. And my mother speaking uh, Cajun. Really? And, uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so yeah. cool. It, I, I went on a swamp tour down there one time. Yeah. With, and they, the big alligator Is it alligators or crocodiles? Alligators. Okay. The big alligators. They were feeding them marshmallows. I thought that was kind of an interesting <laughs> thought. But, you know, okay. Yeah, they figured out that they really dig the marshmallows. Not sure if that's good for them or not. But, ooh, they're, they're big. They're big. They're big. Uh, my brother lives across uh, the Lake Pontchartrain from New Orleans in a little city called Abita Springs, and he backs up onto a bayou. And every now and then he sends me pictures of the alligators that come up into his backyard. And uh, the, the last time it was like a, a pretty big male and a, a feisty young one. Oh. Uh, and he had to call the the park. Whoever, the, whoever, who, whoever you call the when gator these things wranglers. happen, <laughs> the gator wranglers. There you go. <laughs> Whatever they're called. Oh God, love the gator yeah. wranglers. <laughs> That's that sounds like quite the. What's the point? Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, why are you doing this? <laughs> why not? Um, all right. Then my next question for you is: Is something that you have? Do you have a thing that really does have a lot of sentimental value to you? A material thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Two. Can I give you two answers? Yes. First and foremost is this wedding ring, which I only take off if I'm lifting heavy weights and I keep it in my pocket and put it right back on. Um, And uh, probably the next thing is I always carry a medallion uh, honoring the number of years that I've been sober. Very cool. If that's not in my pocket, I feel naked. So between my wedding ring and my uh, recovery coin, those are my commitments in life. That that's what those are symbols of what's made my life as good as it is today. And it's so important. How long sobriety for you? Uh, thirty-four years. It'll be thirty-five, God willing, in December. Very good. Yeah. Congratulations and thank you. That's a. It's tough. That's a tough thing. It is. It's. It's not easy. But if anyone, just anyone who's listening, if you or anyone you know is in need of maybe some thoughts or insight on recovery. Um, you know, you, you've heard how to get in touch with me. Feel free and get in touch with me. And I'm more than happy to talk and, and share because that's how it works. And that whole community really is that way. I mean, that whole mm-hmm. community is like, look, we, I've been there, done that. You're not going to surprise me. Come on, let me, let me help you. And that's the way it works. I mean, the whole program started because the founder, Bill W., uh, eventually met a guy in Akron, Ohio called Dr. Bob, who was an active alcoholic, and they cracked the code. Mm-hmm. And the code is, the, the simplicity part of the code is it's one drunk talking to another drunk because we understand each other. Right. And it's not a finger wagging in your face saying you should and, you know, only willpower. I tell you what, Mish, if people knew how much willpower it 
it took to drink every day the way I drank every single day to oblivion? Oh, that takes a lot of willpower. Yeah, because it has to be kind of planned out, right? It's like I got to make sure I have enough of this at home. Well, yeah, there's that, but uh, that's kind of simple. The planning and having it handy part uh, was real simple. But the, you know, coming to every morning and saying, you know, I'm not going to do that again. And then two hours later Uh, doing it and, and having the delusion that my life's just fine. Right, right. Yeah. Ooh. Thank you for that. Well, it's it's a gift. And it's community, right? I yeah, mean, the 100%. community and that support system that you have, mm-hmm. because if you've built up a community around you, that's like, we're all going to go out to the bar tonight. And now you're like, I don't, I got to quit going to the bar. And now I have to find this whole other community that doesn't yeah. want to go to the bar. That that's probably a big part of this. Yeah, and what 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 I hope people can understand is it's not a matter of not going to the bar as long as you're going for the right reason. If you're going to live vicariously through the people that are partying and drinking and doing what we used to do, mm-hmm. then stay away. If you're going because there's an event or someone's having a meal or my 70th birthday party was was at a bar. There was there was alcohol there if people wanted it. And it was absolutely fine. It was right. great. Yeah. We don't turn our noses up at people that drink. Right. Normally. We, yes. <laughs> the people that don't drink normally, we open our arms and, and say, let us help you if you want to help yourself. Right. Right. And if and if you're ready to help yourself for those that aren't drinking, as you put it, normally, then we're here to help you. Yeah, exactly. Well, Bill, this has been so fun to get to know you better. It's been terrific. Thank you again for having me. Thank you so much. And I have one more thing because this is all about kindness. So I only have kind people on. Okay. All right. So, you know, you're awesome in the kindness arena. Have you witnessed, received, or given any kindness? Just something top of mind you can share with us. Oh, wow. I have received uh, an an immense amount of kindness, uh, starting with uh, my son and his family and my wife and uh, anyone and everyone in in my community. What what I've really come to understand is a better understanding of what kindness is. Early on uh, in my life, I, I was indoctrinated to believing that kindness was a weakness. Mm. and that kindness was used to gain something else. And now I understand that kindness is a gift that we give to someone else. And when they receive that kindness, that's our gift. Oh, I like that. That's yeah. that's that's a good lesson for some people out there. Yeah, it was for me. Yeah, love it. Well, thank you, Bill Ellis. Thank you, it's Miss. It's been a delight to get to know you more. I'm so glad you drove out here to Shock City and... We're, you're well, on this the is a fabulous today. studio. It's and, beautiful, and, right? Yeah. It's and, fun. And you're beautiful, and I appreciate you ah, having me so as your are guest. You. Thank you. Mwah. This Thanks. is awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. And for everyone out there, you are listening to Mishmash. Go out, be kind, be loving, all that good stuff. All right. See you next time. <laughs>